In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm on my own in Germany, but I'm with a Browns ex-superstar. I'm here with John Greco. John, where in the world are you? Paul, how you doing, brother? Thanks for having me. I'm in uh, Columbus, Ohio, just uh, two hours south of our great city, Cleveland, home of the Browns. So you, you live in there or just stay in there temporary or is that home? I, I live here. This is home. Um, I've been an Ohio guy my whole life. And after I left the Browns, I played for the New York Giants. And we, my wife and I decided to, you know, set up shop here in Columbus. It's the uh, capital of the state of Ohio. So there's a lot of action. Um, you know, a lot of young people are moving here, starting families. We have a lot of friends here. So it's a great place to call home. And you've been to Toledo, Young's, Youngstown as well, is it as well? So you, That's right. you know, West Ohio, you know, East Ohio, you know, South Ohio, you know, North Ohio with Cleveland. So you are Mr. Ohio, really. Yeah, yeah, I've been all over the place. So, you know, my wife and I are both Ohio people, you know, born and raised. And, um, you know, we like to hear. We, we love traveling and everything. But this is where our family's at. And this is where, you know, our, uh, we're raising our family. So yeah, it's a great place to call home for sure. So how this podcast happened was me and John bumped into each other three times in 24 hours. So I don't know who was stalking who because I asked you for a photo first and then I see you at the Browns game and then I see you... Uh, breakfast uh, at Lucky's with Chef Rocco so uh, yeah I don't know what happened there but it's a small place Cleveland seeing you three times in 24 hours yeah it was great um, you know especially Lucky's that's a good spot and what you know how random catching up there you know I could see at the game and everything but you know seeing you there with Chef, uh, Chef Rocco by the way if you're ever in Tremont Ohio go to, uh, go to Fahrenheit Rocco's restaurant or in Charlotte um, he has a restaurant there called Fahrenheit but Rocco's a great friend and, you know, you just happened to be joining him and it was great catching up. Hang on a minute, John. You haven't got shares with Rocco. Have you promoting all his restaurants? Yeah, you know, I, I hopefully he could see, if he listens, he could send me a couple of uh, free drinks or something. <laughs> now, nah, Rocco always takes care of us and uh, we love going there and sending friends there. Yeah, no, he said to me, um, when you're in town, the one place I'm going to take you is for breakfast and uh, that's where we ended up. And uh, I must say, it was my favourite meal in Cleveland. It was... Uh, really really nice uh, the biscuits and gravy were as i imagine homemade and yeah perfect really and what did you have in luckies that's exactly what i had they have a limited menu but you know when, when you uh, are doing everything scratch and you do everything well i mean you can have a limited menu and just pump out great stuff and that's what they did but i had that same thing and it was excellent so um obviously ex-browns player tell us who was your favorite player at the Browns? You know, I, I played with a lot of great guys and had a lot of good teammates. And, you know, there was so much turnover, you know, from uh, different head coaches and everything. But our offensive line was stable for a number of years with Mitchell Schwartz, Alex Mack, and Joel Batonio, and Joe Thomas, obviously. We had a couple of guys that uh, were kind of plugged in there here and there. But, you know, I, I would have to say, as tough as it is to pick, I would say Joe Thomas. Just, you know, he was, um, he was the left tackle, obviously, there for a long time and 
when I first got my start in Cleveland, I was playing left guard. So I was next to Joe and in between he and Alex Mack. And, you know, what, I couldn't think of two better guys to play between to, to make you look good. Um, so that was great. But, you know, Joe uh, just learning how to play the game from a guy like that, a, a future Hall of Famer, it, uh, I think it did wonders for my career. And then, uh, you know, ultimately when I moved over to the right side, uh, you know, I had a young right tackle, Mitchell Schwartz, next to me. And right off the bat, I feel like we, we created chemistry, you know, with a snap of a finger. And, you know, he's, on, he's gone on to do a lot of great things several times all pro and he's been in the playoffs and he's considered one of the best right tackles, if not tackles in the entire league. But I'd have to give it the edge out to Joe just since I started next to him. And what was Joe like when you first met him? Was he, uh, did he shout at you or in the first snaps or was he quite calming and uh, talk you through it? No, he was pretty good. I, I kind of got thrown into the fire, so we didn't really have uh, time for him to yell at me. Uh, you know, our left guard got hurt at the time and I was plugged in and, really never looked back, but no, he was, he was pretty stoic. He, he's the kind of guy, if you've ever met him, he's just business always. And then, you know, he knows how to have fun, but it's, when it comes to football, he's business all the way. So he just kind of a, was a lead by example guy and, and did his thing. But I will tell you, um, you know, there was a year where I played some center and I remember you know, he was used to Alex Mack and Alex was like a robot. He's an unbelievable center and, and football player. Um, but, you know, he was used to Alex doing the same thing day in and day out. And, you know, people fear change. And when I went in there, he was there was a game we were down in Jacksonville. And he was yelling at me a little bit because uh, I wasn't, set, you know, getting on the ball quick enough, setting the ball quick enough. And that's how he would line up off of me. So, uh, you know, he yelled at me for a little bit uh, during that game. And we've had laughs about it ever since. Yeah, I obviously met him at the Tomahawk and I've met him a few times before. But he seems to be able to drink his beer very quickly. So uh, was he was he a true professional? Like Miles Garrett didn't touch alcohol when he was playing, or or was he uh, still in them days a, a big drinker? No, he he knew how to have fun. That was the thing, and and that's the thing. When you as you get older, as you you know your career gets longer and longer, you know how to separate that work from that uh, you know play style and. He, he always had fun. We used to have great uh, Halloween parties at their house. And, you know, we'd go to dinner at Office Line and everything, and the family wives and my girlfriends and everything, or just the, the single guys. And, you know, we always had knew how to have a good time. Excellent. And then after Cleveland, you went to the Giants. How did that all come about? So after Cleveland, I was released there um, right after camp, which was a horrible timing for me. I was coming off a bad injury that – I rehabbed for. I wasn't exactly sure I was even going to play. And then when I rebounded from that and I felt pretty good, I went through camp. The Browns released me. So I was upset, but I was like, you know what? I want to continue to play. I did all the hard stuff, which was camp. It'd be different if I played a season and then never went into the offseason. But the fact that I went through camp, you feel like that's one of the hardest parts of the season. And then just to call it quits there, you know, I wasn't satisfied. So I was home for a few weeks ultimately ended up with the Giants for the rest of the season. And there was a lot of turmoil there, but, you know, I kind of um, had, had some action there and then re-signed with them for my 11th season and had one of the most fun seasons I've had. Talking about fun, you came on my radar during the Super Bowl. You popped up on the uh, Odell Beckham famous, what can I say, ballerina advert. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think... Um, Brown's Twitter went crazy when uh, you were on there. 
Yeah, yeah, that was um, that was kind of a shock to me that I was even invited or considered for it. But one of our guys that worked in house with the Giants was he sent me an email. I mean, this is how quick it was. It was like, hey, um, you know, are you interested in shooting a Super Bowl commercial? I need to know by the end of the day. And I was like, absolutely. You know, I didn't know one thing about it. I I, I just I was all on board. And then once we got the details, it was um, you know Adele and Eli doing the dirty dancing famous scene. So we were like, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what it is, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And if, if they're going to put that together for the NFL during the Super Bowl, people are going to love it. So I didn't tell one person, like my wife knew and my, our, her parents and my parents, and that was it. We kept it under wraps for sure. So like when people were watching it, they, I got so many texts like, wait a second, did I just see you on TV? He was at you. So it was, it was so much fun. My phone was blowing up that whole you know, halftime. And how was it going into the dressing room with Odell Beckham being such a, a celebrity inside the NFL and outside the NFL? You know, it's, it's amazing when you see guys like that. I mean, they're, they're so popular, obviously, because of their play on the field. It creates opportunities for them off the field. And, you know, Odell, I tell, I tell all the Browns people that, you know, especially once he's signing Cleveland, uh, having spent, spent time with him in, in New York for a year and a half, I tell people all the time that, he was an incredible teammate and a, and a great leader and just a guy that, uh, you know, everyone wants to be like, especially young receivers and just a, a team, a great teammate. He was always making people laugh and, you know, practiced hard, worked hard, you know, showed up on time. And as far as a teammate's concerned, what more, that's, that's all I can ask for. So uh, it was a great spending time with him. That's why I was excited when he got uh, signed by the Browns. Uh, you know, I was excited for that locker room and the, and the fans. There's been quite a lot of Browns, Giants traded, obviously, uh, Peppers, uh, Zeitler, and uh, Olivier Veron coming our way. Did you get to know any of them players at all? I guess the overlap missed, right? Yeah, yeah. I spent some time with, uh, obviously, Zeitler. He was, you know, in my, we were in the same room for that offseason before I got released. And, um, you know, uh, Peppers a little bit, just seeing him out on the field, but I never really got a chance to play with him or get to know him. But, um, Ov uh, Olivia Vernon, my locker was next to him my first year with the Giants, and I mean, talk about a great guy, just kind of quiet and um, lead by kind of example and, and type uh, player. And you know, I, I know um, you know, he's anxious to get back on the field, but it was cool being next to him because I remember when he was in Miami, we played him with the Browns, and uh, it was he was a nightmare. He, he came yeah. awake. I was like, you, you know, you better have your chin strap buckle for him. So. It was funny. I was in a situation where I knew I was kind of done playing and being so connected with both teams. It's like I was, you know, bummed out that the Browns were losing Zeitler because he was such a terrific player. But at the same time, I was like, man, the Giants are getting a good one. And I knew all those guys because I was with them last year. I was like, hey, man, you guys are going to love Kevin. He's a unique cat, but he's a, he's a hell of a player. And same with Olivier Vernon. I was, I was really excited about him because – I was anticipating um, that taking a lot of pressure off Miles Garrett. I, I thought he would have a great year because Miles, you know, commands so much attention from offensive lines and, and schemes and everything um, that I thought uh, Olivia Vernon was going to have a big year. And, you know, he started coming on strong late before his injury, but I know he's going to finish pretty well. Mm. Yeah, it's similar to like having Odell Beckham with uh, Jarvis Landry. People double team, people put more effort on. Uh, Odell and Miles giving other people flexibility and freedom to maybe uh, perform. You talked about 
hard players you came up against. Who was the hardest player in the NFL that you uh, came up against on the opposition D-line? You know, that's that's one of the most asked questions. And I, I, I typically go to Aaron Donald just because, uh, you know, I, I played him when he was um, uh, really entering the league. So now he's, I mean, every year he's been in, he's been phenomenal. But I remember that first cover, I think it was his rookie year we played him. And we knew he was good. Everyone knew he was good. But, like, you didn't really appreciate it until you actually played him. And then, like now, when I watch, I'm like, wow, that guy, that guy's talented, that guy's special. But you know, there there were a lot of um, uh, great players that I played against. Uh, Gerald McCoy was a great player. Geno Atkins in his prime uh, with the Bengals was always a terrific player. The Steelers always had good defensive linemen. Brett Kiesel, James Harrison. Um, so you know, I, I can go way back. There were a lot of a lot of great players. Um, but but just because it was recent and this guy's such a such a special talent, I, I'd have to go with Aaron Donald. Joe Thomas says one million tweets and he'll come out of retirement. Have you got a number? A thousand or? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we'll say ten thousand. You know, I'll come out. But uh, you know, chances are, I think if if they, we said that the uh, teams would say, well, we need a million to sign him. So yeah. um, I think I'm done. But you know, Joe, I don't know how close he is to that one million. But I don't know what position he'd play. Maybe tight end or uh, some kind of um, you know. To linebacker or something but I don't know he lost too much weight to be playing tackle <laughs> yeah no way he's playing tackle so uh, yeah maybe uh, as you said tight end linebacker mm-hmm. he, he's pumped at the moment isn't he he's like he's ripped to pieces yeah he is and he you know he was always a guy that was kind of obsessed with fitness and the science behind it and his, his nutrition and everything and you know, let's be honest, he's got some great genetics and, and some people just have it. And, you know, I, I used to train with them really hard and it was, we always had a lot of fun. We'd compete and who could lift more, who could do this, who could do that. And, you know, that, that competition was awesome. It was, uh, it was always friendly, but, um, you know, he, it's really impressive what he's been able to do in, in such a short amount of time after his injury. He looks like a, he looks like a brand new person. So John, tell us, what are you up to now? Um, I see you on Cleveland Browns daily every week. What else are you doing? You know, that's about it right now. I'm getting my feet wet with the media things, and uh, I do some radio spots throughout the week for 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland. They're, uh, they're kind of local radio station and, and the uh, Cleveland Browns Daily thing. And, you know, I have two young kids and one on the way at home, so we're busy at home. Um, but, but it's something that I'm enjoying doing the media um, kind of circuit, and, you know, I've been really uh, having fun with that because, you know, I feel like a, I feel like a book that uh, – has so much knowledge in it, so much, you know, knowledge to offer that no one's really reading right now, you know, so I'm trying to get my feet wet, you know, maybe make my voice known and, you know, who knows, who knows what kind of doors it's going to open, but I'm excited. Yeah, awesome. And uh, if you look at Joe Thomas's media career, he started off making silly videos for the Browns, then did the podcast with Tomahawk and uh, boom, there we go. He's got his gig on uh, Thursday nights and he jokes about being organized and I actually saw him when I saw you uh, after the Brown Steelers game and he genuinely had six, seven pages of notes that he was uh, referring to during his uh, live uh, commentary. And uh, I can tell you that if I was live on TV on a Thursday, I wouldn't have so many notes. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, And that's been his thing forever. He's always a big stat head, a guy that knows numbers and you know, he's, he's coming back to you with the numbers and everything. And, you know, that's great. And obviously that's, uh, that's extremely valued. And, 
you know, that what, what a what a great um, you know crew they have on Thursday night, and I, it's it's kind of a fun one to watch. And you know, being at the Tomahawk Show and having history with both of those guys, it's it's a combination you never thought at, at the beginning. It you know, if you can, if you would have told me 15 years ago that those two were going to have such a successful uh, show and in combination, I'd laugh. But it, in a in a way, it works, and they they feed off one another, and they're a great duo. Did you know Hawk from Toledo? So there's an overlap. Yeah. Yes, we moved <coughs> way back. He uh, he was a year he was a class behind me, so you know I was there, and then he came the following year, and we kind of hit it off right from Jump Street. He was uh, a Pennsylvania guy, so you know we regionally we kind of grew up thinking the same things and kind of. Uh, you know, knew the same people, I guess. And, and you know, you, you from the same geographic area, you kind of had the same beliefs and different thoughts and different things. So we hit it off and he was friends with, you know, a lot of my close O-line friends. And, you know, right, right off the bat, we knew he was, he was a hilarious guy. He was always making people laugh. So we hit it off, but I've known him for a long time. I'm just looking now to see if there's any news on Miles Garrett. It seems to be still nothing come through. Uh, do you reckon it'd be something today or not? You know, I don't know. I, I, he did his hearing, but they've been pretty quiet about it. They, he did that hearing in person. I, I, I've, that's unique. I don't know um, uh, of anybody that's ever done it in person. I, I'm sure there has been, but uh, nothing that's been this, um, you know, publicized uh, or this important, really. So we'll see. I don't know if they're going to come out with the, um, you know, result or, or whatever at the, before, you know, business days over, which is pretty soon, or if you'll hear about it first thing in the morning. The only news I can see is the injury news. Beckham groin, Petonio groin, Lamb with a knee, Landry with a hip, Murray with a knee, uh, Vernon with a knee. So there's nothing major new there. So uh, hopefully we have the best possible squad that we can have against the Dolphins because we have lost quite a few players, especially Randall and uh, Ogajobi are going to be two big losses. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, this time of the year, you know, both teams' injury reports are, are uh, you know, lengthy just because the guys are beat up, banged up, and they're getting treatment on things and teams are obligated to put uh, the players on the actual injury report. So, you know, best believe, you know, come Sunday, those guys will be out there ready to go on the field and, I'm uh, interested to see, you know, who's the more focused and healthy team. Yeah, awesome. Well, John, it's been an absolute pleasure to get you on. It's been great to hear your stories. Where can people find your details if they're not following you? You know, uh, I'm on Instagram at jgreco77 and uh, same thing on Twitter. And just, you know, if you're a podcast subscriber, subscribe to uh, Cleveland Browns Daily. Catch me there weekly. And uh, if you're ever in Ohio or, or in the Ohio area, Cleveland area, check out 92.3 The Fan. I'm on there from time to time. Yeah, I must admit, it's great being uh, in Ohio. Listen to that <clears throat> as you drive around. It's a, it's a luxury when you're in uh, Europe because it's not that easy to listen to. So uh, you have to go through VPNs just to get to it and uh, all sorts. But John, thank you so much for your time. And uh, hopefully when I see you in Cleveland next, we'll be in Lucky's uh, or another restaurant. And actually, I'm going to ask you one last question is, Takeaway Lucky's or anything that Chef Rocco does, what's your favorite restaurant in Cleveland? My favorite restaurant in Cleveland, other than those two, um, I would have to say uh, is Lola, Michael Simon's place. Okay. Um, I actually went there uh, last week. So if, if I don't know if you've ever been there. Not yet, no. 
Yeah, it's a good spot. You should definitely check it out. So all those guys, all those Cleveland natives, chefs that, you know, I know Rocco's been there for a long time and Michael Simon, who's a big Browns fan, he's, he does great work. He has Lola and then there's a place called Mabel's, which is barbecue. So you got to check those two out for sure. Yeah, I've done Mabel's. I've done the crispy uh, pig ears. I'm oh, sorry, yeah. man, I've got one last, last question. It's uh, yeah. Tony Paco's or a New York hot dog, which is better? Oh, man. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to say the New York hot dog. I haven't had Tony Paco's in a while, and those New York hot dogs are still kind of fresh in my mind. I had them last year. And to be honest with you, the New Jersey ones, they're called Rippers. They fry them, and those, those are the real deal. I, a lot of people are hyping those up, and they were worth it. John, I'm really surprised you went against so high on that one, mate. But it must be good, and it's something I must try. But, John, thank you so much for your time this evening. And, uh, yeah, let's catch up soon when I'm back out in Ha'ohaya. Are you going to go to any away games at all, or is it just uh, all home games? I think all the home games for right now, we'll see. I might shoot down maybe the Cincinnati game. Um, you know, I was maybe Pittsburgh, but I don't think so. I might try to stay away from there, given the, the current climate. But uh, maybe the Cincinnati game, and, you know, we'll see moving forward if something comes up. I had a rumour you're going to turn up in a Miles Garrett shirt, but anyway, uh, who knows where these rumours started. But John, thank you so much again, and speak to you again. Thanks for having me, man, anytime. Go Brown.